0: Welcome to the Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Jillian. It's
1: so nice to see you across it the
0: room. Is...
1: Ah, uh, so Mary and I have a, um, I don't know if you know of the signal app, but Mary and I spend a lot of time on signal yes. texting each other back and forth. Yes. And, um, we kind of use that for a lot of our communication for most of it. Yeah. So live conversation is always like a tank filler <laughs> yeah. for me. Being with Mary is always a tank filler for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so, I'm just
0: like if I'm distracted it's because Barry's cross the room for me. <laughs> well, we do digress a lot in our conversations. We do. But some of the digressions are pretty like rich too or at least funny. Wait, the digressions are actually what started this podcast. <laughs> that is true. We'd be
1: in the car traveling somewhere and then get into these deep topics. And so. then I'd be like, "How are you recording this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I was supposed to keep notes. Yes. And Wh- then I Where was, are those notes? They're somewhere.
0: <laughs> Because I can't remember. I know. Oh my goodness. See, the thing is, we have to hit record when we have these moments because otherwise, it's gone. Like literally. Okay, my life should be recorded then because <laughs> it I should can't be. <laughs> well, yeah. not just because you can't remember, but like your your life's pretty entertaining. <laughs> maybe it's not your life. It's maybe you. Oh, it's your commentary. It's your reactions. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, people. Can I get all of our listeners to? Message Jillian. I want to do stand-up comedy. Uh, my, I'm, my challenge to her at some point is do some stand-up comedy somewhere. Like maybe it's just with us, but that's my challenge. So people, write in, cheer her on. She'd be fantastic. Okay, we are going to get right
1: to the meat of this because <laughs> I'm feeling very sweaty at the moment.
0: <laughs> she, Am I glowing? Sweaty? You're glowing. <laughs> Do I have my deodorant on today. Uh, uh. Well, actually talking about being a stand-up comedian, you know, you talk to them, the ones who are really successful, they will tell you of the many, 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 many failures that they've oh, had. Oh, true. True when, enough. And then when you fail publicly and the room is like dead or people yeah. boo you, like, come on. Oh, that'd be brutal. Yeah. So today we're actually going to talk about the gift of failure. Maybe that's why I'm afraid. (laughs) She's already going, "Ah."
1: I don't want to dip my toe in the water because they boo me.
0: Yes. Well, you know what? You got, you got (laughs) balls. Can I say you got balls? You can say that. I can say it. What the heck? Uh, You are brave. I know you can handle it. Okay, we digress. Let's we digress. Let's get right on. So- yes. So this came about uh, following our last episode on the guidepost about finding meaningful work and the things that prevent us from doing that. And we talked about insecurity. We mm-hmm. talked about um, the, the shoulds that we have to do. Um, But I thought one of the biggest things is our fear of failure. And we've talked about this before. We've got the episode um, 13, confidence as a secret sauce to success. Uh, Episode 50, redefining success and failure. So we've talked about it before. We've talked about growth mindset and all of that. But I think it bears repeating and kind of digging in a little bit deeper uh, following last week's uh, episode. Uh, Because when we're so busy chasing what we perceive to be success, Mm -hmm. we are going far and away often from funny, meaningful work. So Mm. this is part of the reason why Jillian's glowing, because I did cue her a little bit that I was going to ask Stella to show up. Poor Stella. I know.
1: She's been on ice for a while. She's rusty. Exactly. You know what? There may be some listeners who haven't even met Stella. Stella is my lab rat. That's right. So Dr. Mary puts the lab rat in the lab and picks away and things come out that, you know, leave me vulnerable and open to the world. Yes. And then Stella screes back to her cage and gnaws on her fingers.
0: (laughs) I think Stella might have a few bald spots on her Oh, she does. (laughs) Yes. A few more gray hairs too. Yes, exactly. gosh. So here's the question. If you think about some of your biggest failures, what would they be? But also, I'm going to ask you to expand on it. What would be some of the gifts for you? Like, what have you learned? And um, also, the second part, actually, if you're being really honest with yourself, what good has come out of it for other people? Okay. So that's sort of a three, four part. Man, that's a loaded, isn't it? Isn't it? Okay, so failure. Um,
1: I feel like I've failed big. Mm. And I've had, like, um, when I thought of this, I was thinking about lots of things came to mind. Mm. Um, Plus, I have a very strong inner critic, so you don't have to be careful of that. But I think I thought, (laughs) there's two areas. Mm. I think I thought I'd be a better mother. Mm. And I don't know if that resonates with anyone, but, like... I think a lot of my failures as a parent, mm-hmm. as a mother, mm-hmm. have been, um, as an Enneagram 8, mm-hmm. remember, mm-hmm. Uh, trying to control things. Yeah. And also um, the problem-solving piece. Mm-hmm. So, you know, trying to control some of the outcomes for my kids. Mm-hmm. I know it was driven from a place of protection. Yeah. Because 8s are big mother bears, big mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, And I overstepped my boundaries probably many, many times. Mm. I'm sure my kids would be able to give you the list. Mm. Um, And the other, but I do know in my heart of hearts, the Mm -hmm. intention was good, Mm -hmm. even if the outcome was overbearing or um, uncalled for. I'm trying to use even the right words. Yeah. So my failures as a parent. Mm. I would have liked to have been a cooler parent. Mm.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Like, I would have liked to have... got my oxygen tank on a little earlier mm-hmm. and done the deep breathing as we all do as parents mm-hmm. and kind of ridden the storm a little bit longer mm-hmm. than instead of stepping in and trying to solve the problem, giving advice mm-hmm. or manipulating an outcome that I would be comfortable with.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that, Jillian, And thank you for being vulnerable about that, because I think what you're saying is going to resonate with a lot of listeners who are parents, uh, is how often we beat ourselves up and we mm-hmm. see our failures. Uh, and when there's struggles in our relationships with our kids or they're not yep. thriving, we take full responsibility for that. Somehow we messed up. Yeah. And the number of times I have gone to my kids and said, like, I'm so sorry for the mistakes. I mean, they're like, Mom, like, move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a big deal. Like, it does hold us back, I think, in the joy yeah. of our relationships with our kids when we're always hearken on the, our failures. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. But now the second part of the question then about what have you learned or how have you grown through your biggest failures as a parent and, um, you know, like a, who you are today has a lot to do with that too, right? Sure. Yeah. And I mean,
1: I think that one of the things that I wish I'd done a little bit earlier in my parenting mm-hmm. would have been to seek help. So oh, yes. you know, I did lean into um the wisdom of people that were further along the road mm-hmm. from me as parents. But I kinda wish I'd I'd done that earlier. Yes. Because I think you kind of think as a parent, you're you just know what to do. And yeah, quite frankly, like no. seriously? <laughs> you don't. No. Um and so I wish I kind of leaned into some of the help earlier and been more vulnerable in my mm, early parenting, right? Than I was in my later parenting, right? Uh, because I think I would have been able to go, okay, this is just a phase. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a grandparent, mm, so right. now I can look at the three year old who's having the meltdown and go, yeah, not a big deal.
0: Exactly, not a big deal. So you've learned, and out of the learning, your grandson is being incredibly blessed. And I can laugh. And you are a cool grandma. Well,
1: there's first no question of all, about that. I can I can laugh a lot of the tantrums. Yes, because it's it's so funny to me. Like yes. yesterday, he was. I bought hot cross buns, right? Mm. And he loves hot cross mm. buns. And he's yelling at me, "I want my buns. <laughs> And he's like, hands on the hips, and he's like, emphatic. And I'm like, here's a three year old yelling at me about oh, a hot cross bun. Oh my bun. gosh! I want my bun. And I'm like, it was funny to me. Yes. It wasn't funny when my kids no. were doing it to me. <laughs> you know. Yes. But it's and it's funny to me now. Uh-huh. So, you know what, grandparents, we're we're really wise. Mm. Yes, that's true. we really are. I yeah. wish I'd been. I wish I'd been able to grandparent my own children.
0: Yeah, but you didn't
1: know what you didn't (laughs) know back then. That's the challenge. The other thing, when you talked about my failures, Mm. um, I think in leadership, many of my failures Mm. uh, were based on what we talked about earlier, the shoulds and the duty piece. Yes. And... um, I kind of wish a few times, and I can think back to exact moments, Mm. where I wish I'd sort of stood up Mm. and left the room because something was going on that was against my own values and principles, Mm -hmm. and I sat in the chair quiet as a mouse Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't want to rock the boat.
0: Oh, my gosh. And, you know, and that's the thing is you, ha- you weren't able to lean into your strength as an eight, which is courage to stand against what right. needs to be stood against. Right. Um, and we've talked about this and uh, we talk about uh, our, our confidence episode is how women, when they're in a room filled with men, mm-hmm. they are much, much more likely not to speak up. That's right. And they're much more likely to give the floor to somebody who may actually be less competent than they are. But that's kind of the way we are often socialized. So, you know, yeah. I think back to when you were leading, and I know you were leading in a, a pretty male-dominated yep. environment in senior leadership. So that would have played some uh, aspect of it.
1: Sure. Sure. And right. when I did speak up, it was like I was branded then. Yes. Right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, So, I mean, you sometimes, you know, um, women especially, I think, mm. in positions of leadership in male-dominated areas, mm-hmm. understand that it's kind of, it's almost like a no-win. Yeah. And you have to have a very, very thick skin. But underneath the thick skin, we are soft and vulnerable people who take the arrows, yes. who take
0: the hits. Yeah, it's very and true. And so,
1: um, you know, sometimes how many hits can you take? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think some of my failures... Uh, I would say were self-protection, mm-hmm. self-preservation, mm. and but when I look at sort of the intent behind what would have riled me up, would have been those typical eight traits, which is the protection and advocacy of others. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's, again, finding meaning in your work is bringing out the best of who you are, which is exactly that trait. The ability to advocate for others and do it courageously. And of course, with maturity, you're doing it with grace and you're doing it with love, uh, but you're also able to call things out as they need to be. I think that's so important. Yeah. And going back to that
1: that like there's overlaps
0: too yeah. between our
1: personal lives and our professional lives. Mm-hmm. But going back to that, um, uh, you know, seeking help earlier, mm-hmm. um, if you're a woman in leadership mm-hmm. and you're in mm-hmm. that position where you're sitting in the room and you're afraid to raise your voice for whatever reason duty, should, mm-hmm. uh, you know, insecurities, security, reputation, whatever yeah. it is go seek help, yeah, get go, some coaching, go get some coaching, yeah, find out how to how to present, mm-hmm. find out when the moment rises, what to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, how to de-escalate yourself mm-hmm. uh, so that you can be that voice in the room yeah. of reason, wisdom, but also um, tempered if yes. you need to be. Yes. There are times to get riled up mm-hmm. and there are times to temper it back.
0: Right. Um, and having to, the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. if you
1: are in that position Go get some help right now. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, there are people out there that can help you and coach you. Yeah. And there are people who can share their experiences with you and be able to encourage you. So, I would really, yeah. I would really encourage you to do that. You
0: get, you go to a good coach, yeah. you're giving them an opportunity to find meaning in their work too, because good coaches love to be able to bring alongside, uh, you know, other leaders. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Thanks for sharing that, Jillian. I really appreciate you being vulnerable. Uh, what about you? Well, <laughs> let me kind of give some context as okay. well, just because uh, this has been something that's been on my mind for a while. Uh, then I'll share my yep. um, struggles with failure, which are, you know, I'm in the shame center. So it's not easy. to It's not um, difficult to find. So I've been reading a devotional by Bob Goff. And uh, it's called Live in Grace, Walk in Love. Mm. And it's a 365-day journey. So I love it because it's a short reading for each day. So the the title of this particular uh, chapter was Real Failures Are So Much Better Than Fake Successes. (laughs) Don't be afraid to put a few things on the line. So as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, well, that's calling me. But the part that really got me in the gut is he's talking about the many, many failures that he's gone through because he's pretty um, big risk taker, adventurous yes, kind of guy. Yes. Um, but I have this highlighted because it just like, oh, hit me between the eyeballs. He says, even when our plans fail, we usually realize a lot of people were loved in the process. Hmm. And that made me think, If I think about my biggest failures, um, where people loved through the process, and that just was like, whoa, uh, backwards, forwards, rethinking things through. Because when I think about my biggest failures, aside from what we've already talked about as, you know, mothers, um, oh, my gosh, there are some significant uh, business decisions, leadership decisions. Um, I look back in those times, and I still call them debacle. Mm. I'll go the blank, blank, blank debacle. Right. Because I felt so much shame about my failure. My failure in the sense that that business venture failed. It did not—I had to shut it down. Yeah. Um, I felt as a leader, I led my um, team through so much uh, pain— um, in suffering, and so like that to me was a huge failure um and it took us time to recover from that. but when I asked the question, were people loved through it like yes, like hundreds yeah. and hundreds of people, thousands were helped because of the the business that i I did, and yes um like I, it made me pretty emotional because if i'm lining it up with what i'm saying now mm-hmm. that lives matter that is about relationships and it's the connections with people one life yeah. at a time and that's ultimately what success is mm-hmm. that completely reframes it for me so it was a very healing um, for me to think it through that way, I actually had to spend a fair bit of time processing it. I mean, I processed it with you as well. Um, and you and um, another friend, Elizabeth, who I was processing it with her, just said such encouraging, loving things to me that just let this sit deeply in my, my um, spirit um, so that there was healing. And it helped me to see God's redemption in how— even in our mistakes and our human frailty, yeah. how such good things can happen. Can I, can I say something? I
1: mean, first of all, it's huge. Yeah. And I love that you are drawn to that because it is so incredibly true. I mean, I'm testimony to one of the ones, ones you loved, mm. and so is my family. Mm. Um, but also, from being on the other side of it, if I were one of the ones, and I was one of the ones that you loved, I wouldn't see the debacle side,
0: Mm.
1: right? Mm -hmm. I would only see the love side. Right. So maybe this is, for a lot of us, is that we hold the debacles in our lives. Mm. And we place everything through the lens of that debacle, that filter. Yeah. Whereas others are just seeing the love piece. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they didn't see the debacle. They didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And all they experienced was the love piece.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, thank you for saying that. It's, it's just, you know, one of the things that I think uh, I, I have started to pray out of God's mercy and grace for me is that I would be able to see things through His eyes, mm. um, that I would sense His pleasure mm-hmm. when I am loving others well. Yeah. And not get so caught up in the superficial markers of so-called success.
1: Yeah. And I would even echo that mm-hmm. not only through God's eyes, but through the eyes of others. Mm. Because I know as Enneagram 2s... It takes a lot for an Enneagram Mm 2 who's so other-focused to actually receive. Mm. And so I would ask that you would also say, can I be open to receiving, just as you did a little while ago, right? open to receiving the love of others and the words of others Mm -hmm. that are heartfelt Mm -hmm. and receive those? Yeah. Because, you know um we're God's people so mm-hmm. we're speaking into your life as a result of that too
0: mm, thank you no I, I i'm that is definitely when i um think about growth for me mm-hmm. uh i don't have such a dichotomous view of success and failure mm-hmm. um i definitely have mm-hmm. a greater ability to hear what like i'm like My heart is receiving what you just said. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You've trained me well, Jillian. (laughs) She's always pushing me to receive. She always starts off by going, I want you to receive this. (laughs) I'm
1: warning her. I'm warning
0: her. Gird your loins, girl. I'm going to give you some love. (laughs) Yes. And you've also, like, not just in speaking. I know you have sent me notes. You've written me letters. uh, And I just, like, soak that all in. Uh, Sometimes I have to go through it multiple times before I can have it soak in. Um, but the other part I would say about failure is that, and I don't mean to make this sound like I'm just being all spiritual, but I I genuinely believe this is that in my failures, I get to see God shine because he makes like lemonade out of lemons. You know, he makes beauty out of my messes. Yeah. And I, I, and I also don't have to have such a focus on outcomes, Like, it has to be this way or that way. You know, I can still make plans, but I don't have to be so focused on what the outcome is. If along the way, I've got these many encounters with people where hopefully they left a little better after their time with me than they started with.
1: Yeah. Well, and failures, if we're honest with ourselves, they bring about a vulnerability and a teachability if we let them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which softens us towards others. Yeah. And, um, you know, no one wants to... No one wants to be in a relationship with someone who's perfect mm-hmm. because then we feel like we're always in the shadow of something great right um, it's it's our it's our failures and our brokenness that actually connect us to each other mm-hmm. I mean over and over in my life that's been true
0: yeah 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 um, mm-hmm. When that's one of the things that I say to parents, Um, one of the things I've learned as a parent is that the humility to uh, openly acknowledge your mistakes and ask your kids for forgiveness uh, teaches them that they don't have to be perfect, that you yourself aren't perfect, and that you are open and a safe place for them to come to you when they're struggling and when they failed or when they've messed up. Yeah. Um, so modeling that is so important. And the same thing as a leader. Like some of the best leaders are the most humble leaders who openly admit their mistakes. Yeah. Um, there's a book by Dan Allender, The yes. uh, Leading with a Limp. <clears throat> and it's beautiful because that's what he talks about. And he's been very uh, effective, I'm going to say, in his work because of his ability to acknowledge his humanity. Mm-hmm. So And I do,
1: I mean... I do think that when I see a leader who's able to make mistakes and then own them, Mm -hmm. I have such great respect for them. Yeah. Because they're in such a public eye. But when you see them go, um, own their mistakes, um, and not just from a PR standpoint, putting the spin Mm, on it. Right. But you can feel the, you can feel it. From them, yeah, I have such great respect for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because part of it is not just owning their mistakes, but you can't grow from a mistake if you don't own it. No, if you're finding all these excuses, it's everybody else's fault, mm-hmm. and you're a victim, then you're not going to grow from it. And so, you know, I probably go too far the other way where I own things that I shouldn't own, right. but. I'd rather err on that side to really reflect on what is it that I need to learn from that situation, how can I grow through that because we're all about growing for sure, yeah, so you know if if as you're listening and i i am assuming you're gonna have things coming to mind as you hear Jillian's. Um, stories and mine, um, you know, what would be some of your failures that come to mind? And and if you're driving while you're listening to this, maybe you just want to kind of make a note to yourself at some point where you can kind of sit quietly and just kind of what comes to mind when you yeah. think about your biggest failures? What yeah. brings that sense of shame or that pit in your stomach where you kind of go through the woulda, coulda, shoulda, I wish I had handled things differently? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just let yourself think about those things, but then, sorry, no, go ahead. Sorry. But then be able to start to think, what have you learned from it? Mm -hmm. Um, how have you grown through this and how have others actually been loved through it Mm -hmm. or blessed or somehow come out better on the other end? And what did it change in you?
1: Mm. Like, Um, you know, we should learn from our failures. I I think of a high performing athlete. Mm -hmm. And when they when they, you know, don't make the shot or when they, you know, falter, Mm -hmm. their coach takes them back and they watch the reel back. Mm -hmm. And they make some adjustments so that they can have more success the next time. They learn from the mistake right on the spot. Yeah. And they adjust. Mm -hmm. So, What has changed in you from that failure? Mm -hmm. Where are you growing? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Where are you seeing positive movement forward? Right. Like, I think those are things that remind us that we're human, Mm -hmm. but also remind us that we are being taught through Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And if you can't name those things, Mm -hmm. then I would question, like, can you find another way mm-hmm. can you talk it through with someone and say help me to know how to do this better right. or help me to know how I can respond differently mm-hmm. back to that you know going and uh, getting help earlier right what can you be teachable about this mm-hmm. or don't let the shame hold you there right The right. shame d- d- locks us in from being taught anything mm-hmm. open yourself up to a trusted person and say how could I have done this differently how can I adjust? How can I do this differently in the future?
0: Right. And then it ties back to our episode last week, where as you're able to acknowledge and deal with your failures and learn from them, it actually helps you go back to uh, figuring out your talents and your gifts and your passions and your values and helps you to find meaning in what you do. Right. So uh, it is something that could block you from it because of If you've had past failures, you're thinking, I I can't do this anymore, you you shrink back. And we don't want that. We don't need that. We want you to stand out and be your true self. Yeah. Warts and all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, I hope this gives you some food for thought. And uh, we'll see you later. Stella's going back to her cage. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and for those people who aren't watching the video, uh, Stella's licking her little paws. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I've even scratched
1: myself oh, and made myself no. leave. See, I, I, this is how I do a deal with stress. Okay, yeah, there we okay.
0: go. Okay, <laughs> okay. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life Podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.